Raising children can be one of the most rewarding tasks we ever do in our lives. It can also be one of the most difficult. God provides a simple secret that enables us to raise children that are well-pleasing to Him. In this message, Pastor Jerry will examine some insights from the Bible that will enable us to raise children who will amaze others and please God. Got your Bible, go ahead and open up to Colossians chapter 3. Some of your Bibles ought to be getting where they open there automatically by now. My goal, uh, sort of a goal, was to be able to preach through Colossians this year. And since we're in chapter 3 and heading into chapter 4, there is a possibility that we could complete that in the next couple months. But uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Colossians chapter 3, we've been looking at verses 17 through 21, dealing with the family. We talked about wives being submissive to their own husbands. We talked about husbands loving their wives and not being bitter towards them. And today we're going to look at children. Today's message is focusing on the children in verse 20. But beginning in verse 17, if you've got your Bibles open, let's read through these uh, verses again. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 17, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 helps us to give a a simple secret that enables us to raise children that are well-pleasing to God. In this message, we're going to examine some insights from God uh, through the Bible that will help us to raise children that will not only be well-pleasing to God, but they'll be amazing to others. Have you ever come across somebody who's got a child that's just so good? I mean, you see them in public and they're, they're polite, they're listening to their parents, they're doing all the things that you would like to see children do. Isn't it a a blessing to see that? And then don't you also see those kids that are just running amok? They're going crazy. You know, you got them in the store and they're just going all over the place and you don't know what to do with them. The parents don't know what to do with them. I've seen personally parents in the store just throw up their hands and give up. I remember back when Corey was little, um, Left him squalling in the aisle of H-E-B one time. I'm not putting up with that anymore. It's either I'm going to kill you right here, kid, or I'm going to walk off. So we left him there. Now, since that time, I've done a lot of studying in the Scriptures, and I know what you do with a kid like that. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. You notice there it says the the simple secret that enables us to raise children that are well-pleasing to the Lord is obedience. It's that one word, obedience. Have you ever heard the statement that that, uh, sin, right in the middle of sin is the letter I? If you look at the word obedience, you'll see that the same letter is in the same position. Obedience will depend upon how the focus is on I. 
Sometimes we raise children that they're either just too much trouble for us to put up with, so we let them run amok. Or sometimes we raise children that we just uh, make them think that they're so great and so wonderful that they think they are the center of the universe. And in either one of those ends, you run into problems. God's got some great things that he says about children. Some great things to say about children when they're obedient, when they're disobedient. Some great things to say about children just all together. And uh, as I was preparing today's message, I realized that uh, it was much more than a one-sitting sermon. Folks, in the Bible, God commands. He doesn't suggest. God commands that children are to honor their parents. God commands children to honor their parents. I went back and double-checked in the Old Testament just to take a look at it again and see what God had to say. And we're not going to be able to cover all of these passages, but there's a wonderful passage of Scripture in there where, where it talks about that if a child is disobedient to his parents, he dishonors his parents and refuses to listen to his parents, that you're to take him to the city gates, to the gates of the city where the elders of the city would gather, and you're to tell them what kind of a child this is. And, of course, they're going to all know it anyway because in the cities they've been watching the way you're raising your kids. And then the, the, the elders of the city are to go with the parents and they're to take this son, it doesn't say daughter, it says son, take this son outside the city gates and stone him to death. Now how many times do you think that would have to be pulled off before the kids in the neighborhood begin to think, you know what, we need to be obedient to our parents. <laughs> once a generation maybe, once a generation. When God gave the commandment to the children of Israel as they were wandering in the desert, he gave them the command that the children were to honor their parents. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them all the law. You remember that, the book of Exodus. He talks about it. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, right there in the top ten, God says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now remember, he's speaking the Ten Commandments here. He's not just the Ten Commandments. Moses went up there, and he came down with the two tablets with, with the commandments on them. And there, there's all the laws that came with it. But when he came down... He, he came down and, he, and he, all, he presented all these words. He presented everything God had to say to the children of Israel. Anybody remember what they were doing when he came down? If, yeah. In Exodus chapter 20, uh, he's bringing the Ten Commandments. But when Moses came down off of the mountain, the children of Israel had already said, Hey, you know what happened to Moses? We don't know where he's at. He's been missing for 40 days. Aaron, why don't you build us some, some uh, uh, gods that we can... Worship, And so they were worshiping these false gods. They were having a party. They were having things going on that there's by no means that, that, uh, that God would have had them doing. Moses threw down the tablets. He was upset. He said, I don't want to deal with this. Kind of like we get with our kids sometimes. You think about it. They get to that point of frustration. You just want to say, throw things down. But that's not, that's not the end of it. God says, Moses, come on up here. Step out of the way. I'll take care of these. Yeah, I love it. If you're reading Exodus, you'll find out there's a point in time where Moses is sick and tired of putting up with the, with the children of Israel. And he says, God, you know, just get, get rid of one of us. You know, either take them out or take me out. But I've had enough of this. And then there's another point in time where God says, Moses, step aside. I'm tired of these kids. I'm going to take them out. Folks, that right there is a good reason why we should have two parents. It's good for the kids. But in the midst of, of, in the midst of giving of the commandments, God puts in this commandment. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. It's a promise of long life. Ephesians chapter 6. Turn back here in Colossians. Just go to the left to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, we see the Apostle Paul's commenting by the guidance of the Holy Spirit on this very commandment. And here in Ephesians chapter 6, we have another great uh, 
Another great example of, of directions for the family, just like we've been looking at in Colossians. In Ephesians chapter 6, are you all there with me now? He says, it's awful quiet out there. Are you all with me in Ephesians 6? All right. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Notice what he says there. He gives us two very important insights about this commandment. First of all, I want you to notice is that this commandment is not simply an Old Testament commandment. This commandment applies to the church. It applies to the church. It applies today. When he was speaking it to the children of Israel, he, he was telling them, said, look, you're getting ready to enter into this promised land. You're getting in, ready to enter into this place that I promise you. You're getting ready to enter into the land of milk and honey. And when you go in there, you're going to live according to my statutes. Because if you don't, things are going to be bad for you. If, the, if you do, it's going to be good for you. But as you enter into the promised land, you make sure that you raise up your kids. And he's speaking to the kids too. I don't think there was children's church back then. I think everybody was gathered together. In fact, I think I could prove that with this text of the Scripture pretty easy. But everybody was gathered together, and, and the commandments were announced to them. When they got into the promised land, once again, they gave them the commandments. They heard them over and over. They knew what it was that God had to say. And God said, if you don't honor your parents, you're not going to live long in the land that I promise you. Now, that could have meant two things. First of all, it could have meant that kid would have been taken outside the city gates and stoned to death. It could have been that something else would have come upon a child because when a child is raised in a way that they dishonor their parents, if you watch them through their life, they have a tendency to go through that period when they get a little bit older where they're going to be involved in activities that could cost them their life. And when they get even older, it could be even worse. I think if we did a study of it, we'd find out pretty quick that young men especially who are disobedient, dishonoring to their parents, if they don't correct it, they won't live long even today. But in the land of Israel, it wasn't just something that God said. It was something that was applied through the civil statutes of the community. They'd take them out. Now, I haven't personally done a search of the Scriptures to find out in the Old Testament if there's a place where we can see it pulled off. But I can think of one place where God did pull off. A, he said, look, you go take care of these folks that are doing this. And they had to take care of them. Uh, but other than that, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But as we look at it, this see that this applied in the Old Testament, it also applies to the church today because God's not talking about when you go and live in the land of Israel. He's talking about, do you notice there's a slight difference in Ephesians chapter 6 here? Look what he says in verse 3. He's, the Apostle Paul is quoting uh, the Old Testament. He's quoting Exodus. He says, that it may be well with you and that you may live long where? On the earth. On the earth. Not in the land that I promised you, but on this planet. At this day and age, what other options do we have? You're going to live here on the earth or you're going to not live? I mean, we can't live in a space station very long yet. I mean, some people have for a while. But, but anyway, point being is the commandment is that you'll live long on the earth. And folks, if we trust and obey and understand what God's got to say, we're going to take his word for what he says. The commandment here, he says, is that you may live long on the earth. And then he adds another thing to it. Back in verse 2, he said, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with what? With promise. The first commandment with promise. And so this commandment is the first commandment that was given with a promise. Now, all of the commandments are given with an overarching promise. Sometime, if you've got a little extra time for reading, go back and read Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter, let's just start about 27 and read to about chapter 30. In that passage, you'll see, and, and it's a beautiful setting. It's a beautiful setting of that God 
does this in. There's a couple of mountains in uh, Israel in a valley. Uh, the name of them slips my mind at this moment. But anyway, the children of Israel lined up in here. And on one side of it, he's got these people. Uh, one side of the valley, he's got all the people lined up. And they're, they're, they're having uh, a reading of the law. And they're pronouncing out what God has to say. And on one side, they're saying amen to all the blessings. And on the other side, they have people that are shouting out. And they're describing the curses that God's going to put upon the children of Israel if they disobey his law. If you could go to that place, and you can't go there, it's in the West Bank now, it's very difficult to get to. But throughout history, the side that they were pronouncing the blessings from, that side was growing with plants, it was lush, it was beautiful. The side that the cursing was come from was just rocks and dirt and nothing there. And you know, not only did God pronounce it there, but He gives this, he gives this beautiful picture of how it is. He says, look here, if you want your life to be good, now I'm not preaching wealth, uh, health and prosperity, but folks just understand, when God's Word says it, there's a reason for it. We need to be obedient to it. You know, he says it's, it's a promise. Children who are, who are obedient to their parents, they have a greater chance of long life, plain and simple. This one, this one commandment right here ought to be enough to encourage us as parents to discipline our children. Nobody wants their kids to die young. Discipline's a matter of life and death, according to what God's got to say here. Obedience for children, it has to begin with their parents. It's the parent's responsibility to teach the children discipline. Have you all heard the old saying, spare the rod and spoil the child? I think about that. I think back to an old friend of mine. Uh, he had two little girls. I thank God that all I had was boys because I'm not sure how well I'd have been at whooping little girls. Corey says it's not all that difficult. <laughs> but I don't know that I could have done it. But this friend of mine, he had an upholstery shop, and he had these two little girls, and they were in the shop with him, and they were acting up, you know, like kids do. And for some reason, this woman who worked for Child Protective Services came into his upholstery shop just as he was sitting there sewing up a strap. Now, it was a beautiful strap. I mean, it was about that long. It was about four inches wide, about two foot long, and it was folded over about uh, six times. So it was about a half inch thick, made out of naugahyde, good vinyl upholstery. And, and the woman said, what are you making? And he's just sewing away with that thing, sewing away. And she says, what are you making? He said, I'm making a strap. She says, what are you making that for? He said, I'm getting ready to whoop those two girls. And she says, you can't whoop those kids. And he's sewing away. He says, lady, do you have any kids? And she says, no. And he says, then shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then he whooped those kids and she left. <laughs> now, after he got through whooping those kids with that strap, I wasn't there when he did it. Uh, he was just telling me about how this had happened. And, and, and I, I came in, I saw the strap laying there. And then I, said, uh, I said, man, what's that for? And he told me the story. I said, well, that's pretty nice. He said, you can have it. He said, I don't think I'm ever going to use it again. I said, oh, I'll use it. <laughs> I took that thing home. It was beautiful. It was great. It was the ultimate uh, spanking strap because you could spank with that thing, and it would burn like fire, but it didn't do any damage. It got the attention of the soul without destroying the body. And that's what we have to do. Uh, don't get the idea, even in the state of Texas, don't get the idea. Don't let these people cause you to believe that you cannot whoop your children. It is not illegal to whoop your children. God says to do it. He says right here in Proverbs chapter 13, turn over to Proverbs chapter 13, and I wanted to recommend to y'all as parents uh, that you begin to read one chapter of Proverbs every day. One chapter every day because Proverbs is full of, of uh, good advice for raising children. 
My old Bible, one that I wore out whenever the boys were young, uh, I seem to wear out a Bible every few years, but the one I wore out when the boys were young, Proverbs was highlighted in yellow every place where it talks about uh, taking care of the children. My new one here, you can see uh, I begin to work on it too. Proverbs chapter 12 right there, verse 1 is highlighted in yellow. We're not going to cover that today, but let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13 says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction. Verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. See, Proverbs 13.1 sums up the difference between a well-disciplined son and an undisciplined son. What is it there? A wise son. Everybody want to have wise children? Amen. Amen. Not wise mouthed, but wise with wisdom, children. A wise son does what? He heeds his father's instructions. Now, there's some implications in there, Dad. You've got to be instructing them. And you've got to be instructing them with wisdom. You can't let Mama do all the work. That gets to be pretty easy in our country today. Where women are raising boys, and then we wonder why there's no men in the nation. You need to spend time with your boys. And it works the same way with daughters. You've got to be involved in your children's life. You've got to be giving them instruction. And if you're going to instruct them, you've got to have them something worth instructing from. Have you ever tried teaching something you don't know? How many of y'all would like to teach Greek class? I wouldn't like to either because I don't know enough Greek to teach Greek. But if you understand it, if it's something you're familiar with, then you can teach it with confidence. So we need to get familiar with what the Bible has to say about raising children so that we can teach it with confidence so that we can raise up kids that know and honor God. Does it mean they're always going to follow that way? No, they may stray away. They may stray away. Then you just have to bring them back in. That's what the rod of correction is for. This is shepherd's language. It's shepherd's language. When the, when the Bible says if you spare the rod, uh, he who, he, well, look down at verse 24 of Proverbs chapter 13. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Look what God has to say. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Folks, the rod that they're talking about there, it's a shepherd's rod. Now, that shepherd's rod was used to direct the, she the sheep. It, it, they, it wasn't the club, though they did have one. And there is some places where, where the Proverbs talks about using that. But in dealing with the child, the rod, the first thing you do, you use it to bring them back in place. You've seen the, the shepherd's crook. Well, you can take that thing and you can hook it right around the leg of a, of a lamb or a sheep that's going the wrong way, and you can kind of tug them back into place. I'll tell you something I've learned by having some sheep. You know, as you look at the sheep as they're out there together, they'll walk up to each other and, and they'll take their front leg and they'll just kind of smack the other one up underneath the ribs. And if you pay attention to what they're doing, they'll do that when they're trying to get someone's attention or trying to move them out of the way. Now, Whitey, the big ram, he not only will smack them with a leg a time or two, but then he'll take those big old horns of his and he'll put a whooping on them with it. But the first thing is that leg, it'll come up and just smack them in the ribs, just enough to get their attention and say, hey, you need to move from where you're at, or hey, you're not doing what I want you to do. Sometimes it's just to pick a fight, but as parents, we shouldn't be picking fights. We need to be correcting our children. Well, here he says, he who spares his rod hates his son. If you're not willing to give him a gentle discipline at the beginning, then you're going to end up with a child who's undisciplined. You're going to end up with a child that doesn't want 
to be disciplined by anybody. And whenever you don't discipline them as a child, then they go into the school or they go into wherever they're going to go. They're going to act undisciplined there. And then they make it through the school and they, and they get out of school and they get out into the world. They, maybe even when they're teenagers and they get out there and they're, they're dealing with police officers. No. And police officers have got some tools that'll put some correction on you. When I was being raised up, all they had was clubs. They could smack you with a club if they wanted. They had a gun too they could shoot you with. And then a little later they got the pepper spray. You know, that's not any fun. All tools of correction and now they got those taser deals. Yeah. Well, see, all of these things, if you start with the rod of correction, you start with that rod of correction when they're young, then you're going to avoid having to correct them in a more extreme manner when they get older. But it's not just that. Look at the, look at the Proverbs again. It says, He who spares his, son, his rod hates his son, but... Don't you love it when those buts come in? But... He who loves him disciplines him how? Promptly. Disciplines him promptly. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him. The difference between love and hate is prompt discipline. Prompt discipline. You know, I put it this way. This is a note that I made for myself. Prompt and memorable discipline will impact the life of a child. Prompt and memorable discipline will impact the life of a child. To this day, there's occasionally discussions around our house of disciplining of boys when they were still young. Corey likes to tell the story how I would line the boys all up together and lean them against the counter and then just whip them all three across at one time just to save a little effort. He'd talk about how he would pull his backside out of the way so that he wouldn't get the full brunt of it. Even if he didn't get the full brunt when they were going in triplets, he still outnumbered his brothers two to one in whoopings. <laughs> so. Prompt and memorable discipline will impact the life of a child. Corey's cop now. <laughs> I don't know that that's from the discipline, but that's just where he's at. Well, how then are we going to raise disciplined children? How are we going to raise disciplined children? Well, we have to have a strategy. You can't just go into raising children and say, well, I hope they turn out good. You've got to have a strategy. When the children of Israel were about to enter into the promised land, they had been wandering around in the wilderness 40 years in disobedience. For 40 years, they had, they had wandered about in, in disobedience. And when they came to the point where they were going to cross the Jordan and come into the, into the land of promise, you know how many of the folks that left Egypt got to enter into the promise? Two. The entire generation died in the wilderness. Why? Because they were disobedient and God disciplined them. Now there was a group of kids that got to watch this happening. Their whole life was spent wandering in the wilderness. Some of them had wandered for 20 years because the Bible tells us everyone above 20 years of age would not enter in. Some of them were born in the desert. That's all they ever knew. But God said, you're not going to enter in. So after they'd been wandering for 40 years, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, after Moses had spent three chapters, now we're going over to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I know I mentioned it earlier, but go on over there with me. After, after Moses spent three years talking, or three, uh, excuse me, three chapters talking about the cursings and the blessings, 
We get to Deuteronomy chapter 30, and he's got some words to say. And in these words, Moses gives a strategy that will help children raise well-disciplined children. Will help parents raise well-disciplined children. Excuse me. Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. Y'all made it back there? Some of your Bibles may not be used to opening up to that part of the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgment, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? If you obey what I've got to say, keep my commandments, I'm going to love you, I'm going to bless you, you're going to prosper, things are going to go good, you're going to multiply, you're going to have lots of kids. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and you're drawn away and you worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you will surely perish, that you'll not prolong your days in the land which you'll cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. As Moses enters in, he's getting ready. I say as Moses enters in, Moses doesn't enter into the promised land. But as Moses has got the children of Israel getting ready for them to enter into the promised land, he's getting ready to turn over leadership to Joshua, and they're going to go into the promised land. He says, guys, here's, here's some important stuff. Goes through all the blessings and cursings. Like I said, take some time, go read those things. And then he says these words. He says, I set before you a choice here. You can, you can choose to love God and obey His voice, or you can choose to disobey God. And you're not going to live long. Now, if we choose to love God and obey His voice, then we will consider the words that He's got to say. We're going to consider what the Bible's got to say. We're going to consider the Bible just not as, as a law book. We're going to consider the Bible not just as an ancient text, but we're going to consider the Bible as a love letter from Him. We're going to consider it as an instruction manual for life. We're going to recognize it as the guide to recognizing God's voice. 